Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. The Jericho Network on Westwood One. X-Pac 12360, featuring weekly news, insider commentary, and interviews with superstars, past and present from the world of pro wrestling. A new day is dawning for DX. And now, your hosts, Sean, X-Pac, Wolfman. Welcome to X-Pac 12360, everyone. A little bit later on, I'm excited to, to announce to you that we're going to be joined by the number one free agent in wrestling today, in my opinion, uh, the super king of bros, Matt Riddle. Yeah. He's also the Evolve champion. Yeah. I think he's got some other uh, hardware that he carries around, too, besides that. He's just the bro. He's the, he's he's the bro. man. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Matt's. Because, I mean, as we'll find out a little bit later when we talk to him, like, you know, I've known him since he started. And, uh, like, I've, I've, I, you know, I always like to say I knew that was going to happen. This is another one of those. Uh, <laughs> it's another one of those cases. I knew this was all going to happen it, with him. It wasn't even that long ago. Not even maybe four years. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's been quick. Three years. Yeah. yeah. So like I knew when I saw him like at Monster Factory, this guy's going to be best in the world material. Mm. Like I knew it right then. What was it? Just his charisma. Just couldn't tell. No, it wasn't just that. It was uh, the stuff like he was doing already. And the the things that how he was putting the match or the the moves together and you know is it almost kind of like shit. is it almost kind of like when you mention when you watch Ronda Rousey uh, she's doing things that it takes some people ten years to learn it's kind of like the Matt Riddle kind of X factor uh, a little uh, not quite because like okay what I'm what I was observing with Ronda was facial expressions and and just like next level selling that you don't really know how to do and you know until years end you know and and that and so it's like i didn't get to see that stuff from matt in wrestling school but i did get to see a lot of just of like just incredible like uh ideas mm-hmm. you know and the way his mind works and the way like okay different ways of putting things together uh in the ring and you know he had a lot of studs to uh to to work out with that, like the guy Bill Damiana, um, who who is actually uh, visiting right now, doing a wrestling uh, camp with. Mm-hmm. Uh, that guy was a national champion, and he came out of the Monster Factory too, and uh, and a few other guys. Like they had some, like I said, some real studs come out of there. That, uh, um, eh, anyways. So uh, a little bit. In a few minutes, we're going to be joined by Matt. But uh, what do we have? Let's get uh, let's talk about a couple of little things that are going on in wrestling. Well, first of all, on Monday Night Raw, Stephanie, Triple H, and Vince mm-hmm. McMahon made a huge announcement that completely yeah. blew everyone's mind. Everybody was talking about it on Twitter. It is going to be WWE's first all women's pay per view, yeah. Evolution. It's going to be October 28th in New York. They're going to have at least 50 women, pretty much every from all the brands, on the show. So obviously, they brought out the whole entire roster out there and of course when they made the announcement everyone was so happy and of course everyone's excited about this because as we know WWE has been pushing forward trying to make grounds and you know do more things with the women and I think this is a huge step hence the great title Evolution and so when they when Stephanie uh, was announcing this and she was like then now and forever and uh, I'm so are we going to have some of some of the uh, ladies from yesterday donning the the wrestling gear and getting back in the ring? I don't know. If they're saying over fifty women, you got to believe there's got to be some kind of battle royal, perhaps, because that's a that's Maybe. a long card to have fifty. If, um, I, if I remember correctly, I, I remember them mentioning Trish Stratus and Lita specifically yeah. in, in at least one of the press releases. Beth Phoenix as well, I believe. Yeah, but I could see those three ladies uh, being able to get in there and, and you know. 
and do like Amy did. Amy looked pretty good when, just, when she was at at the Rumble. I, I mean, mind you, she didn't she take a spill on her head though? Yeah, she almost landed on her neck bad yeah. with the moonsault. Yeah, I just saw her two days ago at Comic Con, and then she looks in, in incredible shape. Um, she's actually touring, uh-huh. doing a UFO show right now. Oh, good. So she's busy for nice. sure. So I'm not surprised that they're obviously going to be bringing in some of these women because at the Royal Rumble, all of them did amazingly great. And they were, so, you know, they got over so well with the fans because the fans were so excited yeah. to see them out here. So, of course, why not bring them in for this as well? Yeah. And they're also going to be including the finals of the Mae Young Classic. So I think that's going to be super exciting for the women that do get to, you know, be a part of that. I wonder what they're going to do for a main event. They, they, whoop, that was loud. Excuse me. Uh, they also announced that uh, the finals of the Mae Young Classic is the first match announced for that event. Okay. Yeah. You know what I hope they don't do? It's think that they have to put the odd men's match on the show. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they like, like the cool down match kind of thing? Well, just like, uh, you know, just in case they can't draw that kind of shit. You know, you know, is that you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Nassau. Cows. I don't think they would do that, but like in the past, that would be something they would. It's kind of like okay, uh, 205 live, but we got to put Bray Wyatt versus Matt Hardy on the show to make sure, sure we sell it out. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, that's the, that's what I'm hoping that we don't see any of that shit here. I almost feel we won't just because, like, if you <clears throat> recall during the first Money in the Bank when they had James Ellsworth get the get the yeah. money in the bank, there was so much. There were so many people that were like, "Oh, but why did that happen?" Mm-hmm. So I almost feel like because they know that if that if they were to do something like that, people would be so overly critical yeah. of them. So I think they're going to be like, "Okay, no." Plus, they already have so many women that they're going to want to include in the show. Like Johnny said, they're going to have to do like some sort of you know battle royal or something where they include all the women. So would they use James and in intergender match? God, I hope not. I hope yeah, not. this was something that I was. If they bring back like Santina well, or any of wrestlers that have kind of uh-huh. like cross dressed and played other characters, I wonder about that. This is WrestleMania. I mean, yeah, Nassau Coliseum. It, it seats fourteen thousand five hundred. I think that's a guaranteed sellout for sure. Um, as far as the main event, I guess it all depends on how the storylines play out over the next three months. That is something I'm curious about. Is how I'm, I'm guessing up until SummerSlam, and then after SummerSlam, they'll start building towards yeah. this pay per view. How they're going to divvy up time on Raw and SmackDown to push a whole women's pay-per-view and storylines all about Don't forget NXT. Oh, yeah. Because all the women's titles are going to be defended at this pay-per-view. I wonder how they're going to pace the show and, like, different matches where they're going to put different matches and, you know, to keep from... Kind of like, okay, when you... If you have... Okay, I'll use 205 Live, for instance. That's a certain style. And so every match is the same style on there sometimes. Mm -hmm. I mean, not, not always. Right. Because there are some two or five live guys like, you know, like the Drew Gulaks or guys like that, and and that that don't, you know, they grapple, yeah, yeah. and and thankfully, you yes. know, uh, but you know, I mean, it can be said that a lot of the ladies have really similar looking styles, and um, and I like maybe like I, I I think there's something to that, like I you know like maybe. The ladies need to try to uh, to how much? I, I think say their this? best bet is booking it like an NXT takeover from start to finish. Those are pure fire. A lot of them are barely over two hours, yeah. and then maybe you throw in a battle royal, and then you have some special guest appearances. Yeah. Um, I, I don't see it being a four-hour marathon like the pay-per-views have been. Right. I don't know about you guys. I guess what I was trying sorry I, what I was trying to say there is like you know they should be able to stick out. Mm-hmm. As as opposed to just kind of blending in when it comes to the in ring stuff, I, that's what I was trying to spit out there. I don't know if I did a good job because it used to make them different, but now they all do the well, same. Well, just thing. like if you if you see like a two hundred five, a typical two hundred five live match, mm-hmm. they're very you know the style is is a certain style, and that can a lot of times that can be said about the the, the ladies too. And I'd like to. It's I, you know I don't mean to box them all in the, in the same box, but I just think that um, when you do a whole show, th- th- should be mindful of that type of thing. Of course. So then maybe they should get more creative with the storylines then sure. in terms to build up the matches so that that way you know if they are wrestling the same similar style, they can at least have storylines that are different to help differentiate mm-hmm. yeah. them from each other match. And I think that's going to be the cool part about this because you know once obviously we get more information on who's going to be going against two and so on and so forth, you know we'll be able to you know get excited about the show because I almost feel like with they're not going to want to mess this up because people 
people are excited about it because, again, we get excited for whenever something's first. Yeah. And I do think, I know people have been saying Sasha and Bailey's been going on forever, but what we saw last night, in my opinion, I think is the beginning of their path towards a massive match at Evolution. So we have over three and a half months to Sasha build Sasha and Bailey. Yeah. That's and I see, I see Ronda is on the, uh, on the advertisements, obviously, uh, front and center. Mm-hmm. I wonder what, what her participation is going to look like. She could um, be champion by then. Mm, we'll see. Yeah. But, uh, um, Anyway, and I see Charlotte on there, and so um, you know it's it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, and um, I'm I, I'm very excited and very happy for all all the ladies out there um, that have worked their asses off to make this possible, and it's really like uh, this. It's a huge deal, and everyone knows it, uh, but it's it's I don't think they understand like from like. Just how big a deal it is, like yeah. as far as like that that it's happening. First ever that there's a that that vision was allowed to you know be you know made a reality. So it's pretty cool. I'm hoping we have all female refs, a whole female commentary crew. I think Ray they said Young. Renee is definitely part of the commentary team. Yeah, I, I hope Mike McGurk comes back to the ring announcing. That would just be yeah. amazing. That would be so awesome. Mike Oh, He's so awesome. Hey, so um, I guess, th- is there anything else uh, WWE-related we need to talk to? Yeah, we or got, talk to. We got, talk Matt, about? Uh, we got Matt Riddle coming up, so. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll save a couple of the uh, questions for Matt. And, uh, but uh, before uh, we take a break and, and, and uh, come back with Matt, um, Alex Shelley's retiring. And uh, Alex Shelley, one half of the Motor City Machine Guns, and... Uh, and also, Alex Shelley was uh, my partner, and we won the Chris Candido Memorial Cup Tag Team Tournament in TNA. And then I, I no-showed the pay-per-view that I was supposed to team with uh, um, Alex to, to get a title, a tag title shot. So I had to throw that in there and ruin this. But that's, that's how it happened. I felt so bad. Yeah, we're, we're losing a great with, with Alex Shelley. Yeah. yeah, he was one of the few people when I first started watching that in TNA wrestling that made me go, "Who? There's an entirely different world of wrestling out there." And mm-hmm. I was a, always a huge fan of his style. Sure. It, yeah, and really like innovative stuff with the tag team stuff uh, with um, Chris, with Chris Saban. Saban, and <clears throat> and the stuff he did in TNA uh, in like the with Nash, the paparazzi stuff. You know the the you know the the just he was he's a brilliant guy man and and uh, I hope he's leaving on his own terms I hope he's retiring on his own terms and I hope that if he feels like coming back um, he comes back. But he did have a he suffered a, some sort of knee injury in June and I think that was around the same time that his contract with Ring of Honor expired huh. and you know he says he wants to focus on his wrestling school and I think that's super awesome because I feel Alex Shelley's one of those guys that has had like we said a great career throughout his life and you know I almost feel it's a shame that we didn't get to see him like in WWE but you know I still think that the work that he did was incredible I absolutely loved him with the, with Chris Saban and Motor City Machine Guns actually one of my favorite tag teams and if anything, I feel like I feel like their tag team is a little bit underrated. I think they deserve way more yeah. attention. You know, they should be you know talked about in regards like the young bucks get talked about. Yep. You know, and I just think that you know. I'm saddened just because, you know, as a fan, you know, I'm guilty of wanting to see more and more and more. But at the same time, this is his decision, and I think it's super cool that he's going to go on and you know, you know, impose his wisdom of wrestling upon others. Yeah. Well, they're the reason the Young Bucks got their job in TNA because they wrestled them at PWG and then they went back to TNA and were like, "You guys need to hire these guys because we want to work with Generation them. Me." Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Well, Alex Shelley, definitely you made your mark on the wrestling industry, my friend, and thank you very much. And it was an it was an honor teaming with you, and uh, I hope you're happy in your retirement. I hope you come out of it one day. (laughs) So we're going to take a break right now. We're going to be back with Matt Riddle. Welcome back to X-Pac 12360, everyone. Joining us right now over the phone. He's the Evolve champion, and he's, in my opinion, the hottest free agent on the market in professional wrestling right now. Matt Riddle, everyone. Hell yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Super Thanks King of for bro. having me, bro. It's been a while, and you know, it's always a pleasure to be talking to you, Sean. Yeah. I enjoy man. your company. Thank you, and and it's and it's been a little bit too long because I keep whenever you're out here in L.A., I keep you know I work too, so, uh, and we're not on the same shows very often. Shit. No, no, it's it's been tough. It's been tough, but whenever I do see you, it's always a pleasure, bro. I thank you very much. Hey, I caught you yeah, on. Yeah. I caught you on uh, MLW uh, working with Shane Strickland. Good shit. That was good stuff, man. Yeah, me. Me and Shane have like extremely good chemistry. Uh, we wrestled the first time, I believe, in Chicago. Then we wrestled for Defy right. in uh, Seattle, Washington, and then we worked. We've worked multiple times in Evolve. I'm actually wrestling him. I think August fourth, I oh, believe, nice. at the ECW Arena in Philly. But I, I've been wrestling Shane Strickland a while. He, he's great, and we worked extremely well together. So you're not wrestling. Uh... Uh, PCO and and Philly coming up. Oh, I'm wrestling PCO in New York City, oh, okay. August seventeenth oh, wow. at Joey Janela's Lost in New York. I'm looking forward to that, Matt. I I, I don't know if you've seen uh, uh, Pierre or Carl. I don't know what what he called. Like you know, oh, I, don't, I don't know what I the boys call him. I have. Yeah, but I he's looking him good, right? Match when he came back and he wrestled Walter at Joey Janela's Spring Break. Oh wow! And I walked in the back and he was there. Doused in sweat. I, I just beat up James Ellsworth. I had a great night. Nice. And uh, <laughs> and I see PCO and his chest is black. It's yeah. purple black from Walter belting him with chops. And I was like, great match. And he uh, looks yeah. me dead in the face. He goes, you're next. We're doing it next. And I was like, all right, <laughs> I'll, I'll see you down the road. Yeah. And now we're, we're booked. And I know he's all juicy. He's been cutting the promos and yeah. electrocuting himself with a car battery. The guy, the guy's insane, but it's, it's magic. No, it is. Yeah, it is for sure. Um, hey, speaking of Walter, not to go off beer off into talking about other people, but like, uh, Steve Austin called me the other night, and he was like, "Yeah, you know, like he was mentioning a couple guys, and he's like, who's this Walter guy?'" So, like, I mean, he's the, the, how how's it working with Walter? You work with him? I've seen you like work with him. I, at dude, I wrestled Walter in like Germany, England, Canada, America. I've wrestled Walter all around the world. Walter's amazing. You know, like for guys like me and Walter, we like to make wrestling as real as possible. Yeah. And it shows. It translates. Like it like I said, PCO's chest is black. Walter's made me bleed from chops. I've made him bleed from chops. We, we get extremely physical in the ring. Do you consider him a bully in the ring? Not, not at all. He no. does what he's supposed to do. He's six <laughs> foot three and 300 pounds. He needs to bully people. If he doesn't, he would. Nobody would respect him. I just he needs I, to do what he does. I just I've heard you use that. I've, I've heard you use that term describing other people before, like Chris Hero or guys like that. And I found that kind of, I found it amusing that you use that expression. <laughs> you know, Chris Hero is definitely more of a bully in the ring because Chris Hero will bully you, let you fight back, and then cut you back up. Uh, Walter's more of a big guy versus little guy, and he's extremely physical. Right. So not so much of a bully, but he still bullies you slightly. You know, right. Chris Hero is probably the ultimate bully, though. Hey Matt, hey, have you ha- have you run into any problems in the ring with, with anyone that like tried to test you or just you know just was reckless in there and you had to kind of you know settle them down or even you know get a receipt or anything like that? You know, I, I get really lucky. I don't know if it's you know my background in the UFC or even like the knockout I've had in the past and stuff like that, right. but. uh I've been extremely fortunate, and, and I'll be honest, I'm pretty generous. If somebody yeah. hits me hard, I usually, I'm like, and usually people say sorry if they do <laughs> yeah. snug you, yeah. and they, they're usually they're like, oh my God, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to do that. I'm like, you're good, bro. You know, because sure. we're in there, we're working, we're trying to keep this physical as possible, and accidents happen. Now, if somebody were to hit me twice hard, yeah. I would probably have a problem, and I would get mine. But most people, if anything's ever happened in a ring, it's one slip of like, I mean, Dave Starr's cut my eye, Chuck O'Neill's cut my uh-huh. eye. Like, I've been split open multiple. I've been split open more in pro wrestling than I was in the UFC. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that makes sense to me actually, because you know, a lot of people go, oh, you know, uh, when when you say that wrestling's harder uh, on you than than MMA, a lot of people roll their eyes. But I mean, I, I just don't think they understand, you know. 
Well, I don't think they understand the travel. I don't think they understand the consistency of the product. Like the fact that, you know, when you fight, you train, of course, and that's all the time. Yeah. But you could have a bad practice or whatever. In wrestling, you have to be consistent. You have to have good matches consistently. And you have to be physical with your opponent consistently. Yeah. Because if you lack in one match and then you put up for another match, people see that and they're like, oh, and they know when you're lazy. I, sure. pr- I, you know, I pride myself in not being lazy. I like to give 100% every time I'm out there, you know? Yeah, for sure. I, I see that, man. And I remember early on, like, you were doing, like, uh, what's that goddamn? The, the, the Pele kick? No, no, off the top rope, the uh, the swanton? The broton. The broton, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, and I'm like, damn, I'm like, I was, and I think I might even you were, get you You're probably thinking Swanton, but no, nah, that's a Broton, yeah, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a Broton. And I, rem- I remember hitting you up going, man, you might not want to get people used to seeing you do that every night. <laughs> Did you adjust at yeah, all? And I, and I agreed with you 100%. I'm like, you're absolutely right. I only break that out for special yeah. occasions. And even now, I don't think I've gone off the top rope and a month or so, or yeah. two months. So yeah, I really try to stay away from the top rope if I can, unless I'm in a bigger, you yeah. know, build-up kind of match. Like, say, if I'm wrestling Shane, we might end up on the top ropes because we've wrestled so sure. many times, we got to up the ante more and more. Yeah, but how does that work for you, Matt, when you're doing, like, stuff going in the top and and all that? Because you've, de- you've like... You've developed this style for you- yourself where, you know, you don't do traditional high spots. There ain't no... Freaking mm-hmm. tackle drop down leapfrog spots coming out of Matt Riddle. So like how does how does a Matt Riddle end up on the top rope with the Shane Strickland? You know, it, there's, there's a lot of ways. Uh it could be as simple as maybe uh he kicks out of a big fall yeah. and I beat him up and I just won't stop kicking out and I'm like, Well, I guess I have to go up to the top. Mm-hmm. You know, or it could be as simple as Shane goes up to the top because he's a fly flyer, and I cut him off, and I go up to the top with him to do something. Yeah, you know, there's it's you know how it is. It's there's a million ways to get to any situation. You just got to think about it. You know what? Like not to, like I mean, we're okay. I you know how I am with going off into the weeds here, but yeah, it, yeah. Just, it just made me think. Um, oh shit! I just lost my train of thought. Damn it. That'll happen. Oh, hey, oh I know what it was. Both, hey, bro, that'll happen. Hey, no that'll shit. Right? Hey, Matt, uh, here's what I was going to say. I have a pet peeve, and and, and, I, and some guys do this, and, and, and it's just fine for them, but I never like to set a guy up on the top rope and then knock him back off or suplex him back off. I always like for them to kind of make their way up there themselves, usually, and then stop them. Else it just looks forced. Mm-hmm. I agree. That wasn't even I a agree, question. You know? Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I agree. I, I personally, I hate when like people ask me to sit them up there and stuff. Yeah. But at the end of the day, sometimes you do end up in those situations. You do. You know. Yep. Yep. So for sure. Like of... me, I hate I I hate Irish whipping people, but you know, or getting Irish whipped I, it's not a realistic move to me. I, I don't see anybody grabbing my hand and throwing me a. 20 feet across the ring and I run back. Mm-hmm. I don't see that happening in my life. That reminds but, you know, the me. The other day, other day, dude's putting heat on me, yeah. grabs my wrist, he goes, hard buckle. And I'm like, I couldn't even grab the roper to stop him. Like, I had to run and, like, uh-huh. I guess I'll take a hard buckle, you know? Right. So, it's easy for your opponent to say. Like, you take the freaking hard turnbuckle and see how it feels. Yeah. Well, you know, it's whatever. He wanted to put some heat on me. I'll take a hard buck. I'm getting paid. Hey, Matt. So, I like speaking of the Irish whip thing, like, I remember watching this one clip. It might have been a few years back. Yeah, it probably was now. The guy goes to shoot you in for an Irish whip, and you just start, and then you just kind of gradually just walk across the ring walk? and start laughing at him. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I, that was back when Drew signed for WWE and I was working with Drew Gulak and yep and we didn't call a thing and the thing is he randomly we didn't call anything and he just went to whip me off the ropes so I didn't know what he was going to call anyway so I was like I'm not going to run because I don't know what he's going to do to me so I just started walking I turned around and laughed at him and the crowd went you know they erupted yeah they did and I erupted when I saw it I'm not going to lie so, I'm glad. Hey, That's I, what it's for. I, I, so I was visiting SmackDown, 
uh, tapings, and I had, mm-hmm. and, uh, and so I, I had Drew on on the show, and we were talking about you, right? Yeah, Catchpoint. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Yeah, Catchpoint. But honestly, the original Catchpoint, me, Drew Gulak, T.J. Perkins, and Tracy Williams, probably the great, one of the greatest factions. We could have competed with the Bullet Club, I think. But oh, you know, yeah. they WWE started taking us away. Maybe yeah. one day we can reunite in the WWE. Maybe, and that, it's funny you say that, Matt, because I was just going to ask you. I'm sure. Um, I'm sure you're not surprised by my line of questioning here. Um, uh, what's going on with uh, with your free agent status? WWE, New <laughs> Japan, like the, there's, I mean, ROH, you know, I mean, it's got to be a great position for you right now. I'm in a really good position right now. I, I work with Evolve on a regular basis, and they have a great relationship with WWE, and they also have, you know, they have relationships with other companies as right. well. The Zack Sabre worked with us, New Japan, all that. And I've been fortunate enough to travel the world and wrestle with guys from New Japan, Ring of Honor, and yeah, you know, especially with Progress and still wrestling WWE guys, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's just, I'm in a really good spot. You know, the last couple of years, you know, you've helped me out a lot too, but you know I ran into some issues with my past and going yeah. further in this profession. And I was kind of like stuck in a spot, but... uh from what I've gathered and what I've heard from everybody, everybody's at the point where they all want me. They're all willing to work with me. Sure. And I think they're all big fans of Matt Riddle. And I think it's my time to make the right decision, do it, and let's see what happens. You know? Nice. I know, you know, Matt, you're, you're, uh, you're a highly intelligent individual, and, and I'm positive you'll make the right decision. Uh, for yourself and and your family, how is how is mom and 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 the three and the three ba- uh, babies? They're good. Lisa's good. You know, yeah. she's been doing the Olympic lifting and all yeah. that. She she just can't get enough of working out or something. Me personally, I barely work out. I just wrestle people on the weekends. That's all I do. Right. Uh, the kids are fantastic. The girls are eight. They're going into I believe third grade next year. Son starts kindergarten next year, and they're enjoying summer break and. That's about it. I've yeah. been trying to take them on vacation, but it's hard to get everybody with me and do everything and travel. And you know how it can be. Yeah. Well, last so, didn't you just have like finally a weekend off last week? Did I see that? Not, not this weekend, but the not this past weekend, but the weekend before yeah. that. Yes, a couple shows canceled, and just things worked out where I literally had like almost like a whole week off. And it was awesome. I just got to hang out with the kids, and it was it was amazing. It was good. I don't get nice. that much time with them, and the kids they love to hang out with me. You know, we hang out, play video games, we go to the trampoline park, we do a bunch. You know, we do stuff I like to do, and they like to do, and we just have a blast. Yeah, well, I, that's why when I saw that, it stuck out in my head, and I just remember being uh, being happy for you, being able to spend some quality time like that. So, hey, Thanks, Matt, I appreciate it, dude. Hey, Matt, so like just. You know, speculation here. Like, just say you ended up in NXT. Who are the guys that uh, you see yourself having a uh, like, uh, like some solid like uh, stuff with? You know. Well, you know, there's a lot. Most of the NXT roster I've had, you know, I've been in the ring with. Like, I've had a great. I had one match with Roderick Strong, which was great, and I would love to do something like that again. I've wrestled Kyle O'Reilly all around the world, from Ireland to the U.S. to everywhere. Like. I would love to do that again. Adam Cole, the same. Alistair Black, or is that his name, Alistair Black? Yeah, I know Tommy he was Tommy End on the Indies, yeah. but I wrestled him only once, and we didn't call anything, and it was one of my favorite matches I've had, and I would like to do that again. Tommaso wow. Ciampa, like, the, the, the list goes on. Ricochet, I mean, the, 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 there's plenty of talent and fish in that pool for me to play with. Yeah. Is, I think it's just endless possibilities for great matches. And you know what's great, uh, Matt is, and it didn't seem great at the time. Was uh, when okay because you went down to P, the performance center a few years back. Uh, yep. And and uh, so and obviously um, you didn't stay at at that point. And you know it can it, you can easily take that and be disappointed and and you know let it like take the wind out of your sails. And and really, what that did was uh, it. it did you a huge favor man like so you were able to go out and develop your style develop your persona like dial that all in man and and i don't know if you'd have been able to do that 
Uh, like, I, I'll yeah. be honest. I don't. I don't think I would have been able to do it because you know, I, I use this example MMA. A lot of people like take CM Punk for example. Yeah, he started training MMA. Did he start at like a local jujitsu gym? No. no, he went to Duke Rufus. He went to the, one of the biggest camps in the world with some of the toughest people. And I'll tell you this, that's probably the worst thing he could have done. Yeah. Because there's a bunch of killers there that want to beat you up. They don't go five miles per hour. They already know all the moves, and they're going to put the beats on you because that's what you do in fight. Well, I personally think he probably should have went, got a couple personal trainers, like a personal yeah. like jiu-jitsu instructor, a personal Muay Thai instructor, uh -huh. got his hands, his feet, everything educated, his jiu-jitsu educated, yeah. and then you start, you know, maybe roll with a couple white belts, some blue belts that aren't at the highest level school in your area, and then eventually you make your way to the killers, and then you can be a killer yourself. But I think he just hopped in way too quick, and I think a lot of people at the Performance Center hop in a little ahead of schedule too soon before they know who they are, especially with like the models and the other athletes. And they kind of get lost in translation, you know, lost in the yeah. mix, you know? And I think like you said, you know, I remember when Canyon called me and told me he was going to take a pass on me. He's yeah. like, sorry, man, I know we strung you around for like six months, but we're going to have to pass on you. And I was like, cool. No problem, bro. And he was like, uh, and he, you could tell he was taken back. Like, are you mad? I'm like, no, not yeah. at all. Now, in the back of my mind, I wasn't mad. But I was like, I'm going to make you regret that decision. And I think you. it only took me about three years. <laughs> yeah. It only took me about three years. I think I've made everybody regret ever saying no to me. Yeah. Hell yeah. You guys want in on this? Yeah, Go well, ahead. Matt. Oh, sorry. Go oh. ahead. Matt, so, you know, you mentioned how, you know, what you thought CM Punk should have done instead. But vice versa, for you, before you transitioned into wrestling, did you study any MMA wrestlers, MMA fighters turned wrestlers, um, their careers before you developed your style in wrestling? Well, I don't think I ever took anything like that. I wouldn't look at a wrestler and be like, oh, I'm going to start doing that or anything like that. I think I always watched wrestling, and I was always a fan of what I consider sport wrestling. Yeah. And that doesn't mean MMA wrestling. That doesn't mean amateur wrestling and wrestling. It means competitive professional wrestling, where you got two guys, if they're running ropes, they might be running ropes, but they're running them so hard, it literally looks like it's about to be a car accident, you know? Yeah. There's commitment in real sport wrestling, and that's what I watch. And granted, it's like Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, you know, uh, Chris Benoit, uh, Kurt Angle. You know, I, I liked watching the guys that pushed a pace, and it was almost like, even if they're doing spots or whatever, it was so intense, it was real. Because yeah. it is real. And I'll be honest, my wrestling is real. I kick and slap and punch and slam people, and it's all real. Yeah. I don't knock people out, but it's real. <laughs> yeah. Well, you just mentioned a few minutes ago about, you know, transitioning and how you were better off uh, doing your own thing for the last couple of years. What's the one or two things that stand out in your brain the most from, say you would have got signed a couple of years ago, to where you went on your own, you went all over the world, different continents. What are the one or two things that stand out the most that you're glad you learned now um, as opposed to you know what you may not have learned uh, by going to WWE a couple of years ago, perhaps? I think the biggest thing is you know, working the harder crowds. You know, WWE crowd is a more generic, bigger crowd. It's a wider audience. It's a bigger product. It's a, it's everywhere. Well, when you wrestle in the Indies, especially a PWG or even Progress, or you you know, or you're wrestling guys from New Japan and Ireland or whatever, yeah. you're held at a higher standard, and you had to wrestle a lot more competitively and better. You know, uh -huh. you're not going to get away with a couple things like. You had to be one of the best wrestlers in the world to get booked all around the world at an indie level because it costs too much money just to book random people, you know? So, right on. And the big thing was for me is, like, getting that and getting the rub from legends, like wrestling guys like Shibata and wrestling Ishii, yeah. and getting the mix with the New Japan, you know? And then wrestling guys like Kiro and Thatcher and other, you know, I just kept getting great matches and matchups. And I kept impressing the indie audience, which you know is one of the hardest audiences to impress. Oh, you know, yeah, they sure. watch everything. For sure. Hey, hey you know? I, I always, I always hear this. People are like, "Oh man, I hate wrestling in front of smarts." And I'll tell you this: my favorite crowd are smart fans. Smart, smart. Yeah. They're my favorite because they know everything I do is real, and they love it, and oh. they back me up, and they'll boo the corny stuff, but they never boo me. Well, the, the, the smart fan now is is a, usually a little different than than what you would think of of a smart fan a few years back that would just go and like chant things and disrupt shows and 
and you know uh, you effed up chance and things like that and now they're like in on it with us you know yes. they're part it's of the show much, it's a much better place I think yeah yeah for sure well, I wanted to know, recently you wrestled Marty Scroll at uh, PWG, and you had a fantastic match. Did you, you talked a lot about not calling things in the back and just calling it in the ring. Was that entire match called in the ring? Me and Marty have a really, we have, we have pretty good chemistry, and Marty is such a character, you really don't need too much of a match to, you don't have to call too much, you can just have moments. So, like, say it was something like Marty, I won't necessarily, like, write out the whole match or all the spots, but we give each other ideas. So it's like, oh, well, if you slap me here, I'll probably grab this and kick you there, you know? Or, oh, if you throw a clothesline after hitting the ropes, I'll go to kick it and then hit you with this. You know, so it's in a certain order. It's not guaranteed we're going to do everything we suggested. But I like to do that with, like, people like that, with especially, like, say, it's Adam Cole or Marty Sprawl, where it's, you're a great wrestler, but there's a lot of character in there, too. And I don't want you to neglect your character just so we can get to the next spot. You know what I'm saying? Whose yeah. idea was the toe break? No, the toe well, come on. That's, that's, that's a, I would say we both had wanted to do that. I'll be honest. Anytime I wrestle anybody that bites or breaks fingers or anything, I know they're going to want to do the toe. So <laughs> I would say Marty said he wanted to, but I knew it was coming. You what know, about, how could he not do it? What about Zack Sabre Jr.? How was that, your feud with him? Me, me and Zack barely call anything. The, the only thing we do is we just tell each other we got to do more when we keep wrestling because yeah. we've wrestled each other enough times around the world where we have to keep up in the ante, you know? So so it was only, like, me and Zack, just like Gulak, Drew Gulak, like, they're so good and technical, and they can handle themselves. They don't panic or anything. Where I usually don't call anything but the finish with those guys, or maybe even the finish stretch. Like, oh, I'll hit this. You'll know this is going to be close to the end, and then we'll scramble into this. You know, whatever yeah. the finish may be. So, but you, 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 you've been doing some tag stuff too uh, over the last couple of years. I, it was Jeff Cobb you were teaming with, yeah. and. And so, how's that different? Like, I mean, you know, it's 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 harder to go out there and just uh, work without a net and tag matches. Yeah, uh, you know, for I think it's, it helps with style too. Yeah, you know, like if I was more of a luchador kind of guy and I needed you to be in a certain spot at a certain time to catch me or this and that, yeah. I'd probably have to talk a little more. But like, because like even Jeff Cobb, you know, he's an Olympic wrestler. I'm a state national champion, wrestled world yep. champion jiu-jitsu and fought in the UFC. So it's like, I'm pretty, like, I'm very confident when I get into a ring when it comes to grappling or handling myself. And so is Jeff. Uh, usually, if anything, if we call anything, it's mostly our partners or our opponents that want to call stuff. Mm. Me and Jeff are more like, oh, yeah, you know, maybe we you duck a kick and then I'll grab you here and I'll, like, suplex you around. You know, like, I try to keep it as simple as possible because, to me, it's a fight. You know, sure. we're fighting. I'm trying to win. I'm trying to pin you. I'm trying to knock you out. I'm trying to submit you. And granted, we want to do cool moves too, but at the same time, it's like it, I don't want to defeat the purpose. The main purpose of this match is to win, to beat you up, and to like defeat you. So I don't want to like like you said. Why would I like pick somebody up on the top rope? Why don't I just stomp them into the ground, yeah. you know, and then let them jump up to the top rope if they choose to, and then cut them off and do whatever, right? Yeah. So it, it's the same thing with that. Like even a tag match, I won't call like double team spots. I'll just like kick somebody into a corner, tag Jeff, and be like, stay. And then gotcha. I'll just run our stuff on him, you know? Yeah, and you guys have some stuff you're used to doing together? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, well, we, like, of course, like, the finisher is, uh, like, we do, like, a crazy, like, does a reverse razor's edge, so he yeah. throws guys out forward, and then I knee him in the face as they come down to the ground. <laughs> so, like, yeah, we tell yeah. people we're going to do that to them, and they should probably protect their face. Yeah. But, like, other than that, like, we really, like, most of the moves are pretty self-explanatory, and it's like, yeah, man, I'll hit you, and then I'll pull you out of the corner. Jeff will pick you up, slam you, and then I'll jump on you and then pin you. You ever you get, know, like... Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, go ahead. No, you didn't. No, go ahead. You ever get, like, uh, you show up, and the, and the guys you're supposed to be working with, are, they seem pretty intimidated and scared to get in there with you? Dude, there was the one that sticks out to me the most, and he was terrified like he was like you're so good though and this and that and i'm like bro relax it's like it's like a five minute match and we're gonna kill it it's gonna be easy and this 
This person was James Ellsworth. Oh, he okay. was he was terrified. I don't yeah. know. I don't know because I'll be honest, I had a lot of people telling me just to kick the shit out uh-huh. of him. They're like, yo, get in there and beat the hell out of him. And I'm like, I'm not that kind of person. Like and James Ellsworth can't really defend himself against sure. me. Like I don't want to just beat up a victim. Like that's not I don't I don't like that. Yeah, no, but, uh, that's nothing cool. But when about we were that. talking Absolutely. about the match and he was like he was a, he was just shaking and nervous for it. I don't know if he thought I was going to turn it up on him or what. But <laughs> and it ended up being a good match. I said the one thing which I thought was funny. We match up, and I go okay. I got an idea for a spot where I go to knee you in the face, and you have no chance. So I don't <laughs> knee you in the face, right? Yeah. And, I'm, and he goes, I don't know. I don't know if the people will like that. And I go, James. <laughs> Yeah, All these people paid money to see a UFC fighter miss your fucking chin. I have to miss your chin. If I don't miss your chin, these people are going to be disappointed. That's why they showed up for this match. I have to miss your chin. If I don't miss your chin, there's no point for us to be in the ring together. No shit. And then he's like, okay, and we did it. And, of course, it was the biggest pop of the match. We literally just stood there for a minute looking at each other while the crowd chanted he had no chin. What did he say to you afterwards? <laughs> He thanked me for the match. He said it was a great experience. Thank you for not killing me. And, hey, are you available for this booking? I run a promotion where I live, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, just hit me up. It never happened. I was already booked. I didn't do his promotion. But, Mm. yeah, you know, he he seems like a nice guy. I think he's back in the WWE now, right? Yeah. Yeah, they brought him back. Yeah, yeah. So, so, you know, he he got the rub from the bro, and he's back. I'm glad we're talking about the realism and the psychological way you look at matches is so refreshing. You you look at it's the art of sport wrestling, and clearly you're a perfectionist. Everyone can see that when they look at you in the ring. But being a perfectionist, there has to be maybe one thing that you still want to improve upon. Is there anything that pops to mind? I wouldn't say it's one thing. It would be everything. You know, I, I think I do a great job. I think my facials are good. My expressions are good. I think I have a great energy. I think I go from, like, super happy and nice and knuckle-bumping fans to stomping a dude's face and screaming and drooling and snarling. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think I'm really good at that kind of stuff. I play to my strengths. When I do seminars or anything, I always tell people to play to their strengths, and that's what I do. Is there, I'll tell you this. What I really need to work on is professional wrestling. You know, oh, wow. I, if you saw my clothesline, my clothesline is not NXT worthy or New Japan worthy, but my MMA is my my wrestling style that I yeah. show to the world that I'm the best at is. You know, but I'll say this: like I'm not doing the greatest crossbody off the top. But, you know, I'm not a tackle drop down leapfrog machine. You know, I can do the stuff, yeah. but it's not perfect it's not as pretty as a ricochet or a will osprey the best in the world that do it already so i would say i have to work out my pro wrestling you know and you know i i've only worked indie crowds you know hopefully one day i get to work with bigger crowds and i know that's going to be a challenge i need to learn how to work on tv and i need yeah. to learn stuff like that you know the hard cam at an indie show is just a camp quarter in the crowd and i can spot. work that pretty good yeah Hey, so, but uh, I nah, think things, things are different at a higher level. Do you think, say, like, okay, just say you show up in uh, WWE, NXT, or whatever, uh, your particular style, uh, do you feel like you'll have to adjust it a little bit for, like, from going from the intimate crowds to the 20,000-seaters? I, I don't. I don't think. I don't think I'll have to change it too much. The the one big thing I worry about would probably be like the chain wrestling at yeah. the beginning because I don't do a bunch of flippy divey stuff. It's yep. more shoot holds. I think it'll translate great on TV. In person, it might not translate as well. But at the same time, I do still have exciting jujitsu holds. I can still like hop on people's back with chokes mm. and flying armbars and triangles and stuff like that. You know. And I can still do all these submissions while standing, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I can still keep it, like, you know, pretty exciting with that. But I think they're going to have to be, like I said, I'm going to have to pick up a couple more probably pro wrestling tricks to throw them in there with the MMA, especially if I go to a bigger, you know, show like WWE sure. that has a certain 
certain style. Does, you know, does Rand- I really, Sorry. I really don't want to bump and feed anybody three times. I really don't want to clothesline somebody or hit somebody three times and then slam them because oh, I, I think that. that's stupid. That's terrible. And I don't want anybody to do it to me because I don't want to bump three times in a row for no reason. Yeah, you know, like I'll let you hit me twice and bump on the third one. That sounds pretty. Cool. Hey Matt, does but, does, uh, does ring size does size matter uh, to you as far as rings go? I personally like, I prefer bigger rings, oh, okay. more mat space, more room to, because I like the bigger rings. I can generate more speed and velocity mm-hmm. when I do attack people and I want to attack people. In a shorter ring, sometimes things get crowded and with crowding, you know, it gets a little messy. But you've had to go, like, I know, since, you know, you've done quite a bit of stuff in, in the UK and like, you know, so, I mean, the, the ring sizes vary over there, but they, they, they can be pretty small. So, yeah, I mean, I've wrestled in so many tiny rings. I've wrestled in rings that have no padding; they're just wood. I right. mean, I'm, I'm surprisingly, I've done a lot in the short amount of time. But you know, you work around that stuff. Like for me, like one of the first things in wrestling that was super important was ring positioning. Yeah, because you have to have ring positioning. For I don't care how cool your moves look or anything. If you do it in a corner, nobody sees it. Nobody cares. You have to have ring position. If you you can run all the spots, but if you don't know where to start the spot, so you don't end up in the ropes, yeah. who cares? So like you can even watch like if you watch some of my matches, you'll see when you know I know I'm about to do a certain spot and we're about to dip, dive, and leap and roll. I'll move to a certain area, so by the time we're done, we're in the center of the ring and we finish right there. Oh, nice. Awesome. Well, I, I guess my last here. question to you would be, are you surprised at such all the great things that people have been saying about you and your wrestling career? You know, I don't, I don't know. Like, I'm really happy. Sometimes I'm taken by it. And like, you know, I'll be honest, I'll start tearing up and I'm like, I can't believe anybody thinks I'm not good at anything. You know, it makes <laughs> me really happy. Because I've worked yeah. really hard. And I've been, you know, growing up as a kid, you always want this stuff. And you just never know. You work hard and you work hard and you keep your fingers crossed. And then when you get opportunities and then they get taken away from you, like I'm supposed to be in New Japan last year, last November, yep. Tag League, and then they swipe back underneath me. And then like WWE had that tryout and everything was good, the background check, and like, oh, it might be an issue. I waited months and then that was taken. And it's like, so, you know, and it's just like UFC, like, Four or five win streak, I'm doing pretty good. You failed a drug test, you're fired, bro. Right. And I'm like, oh, no, i got to tell my wife this. So it's like, I'm extremely happy. I love the fans of professionalism. They, like, honestly, my my life has never been better. I've never been happier. Things are moving smoother than ever. I've never been this busy. I literally travel the world nonstop. And like I said, I'm extremely happy, and I can't. Like in MMA, I don't even think if I was an undefeated champion, I would get the love and respect that I do in professional wrestling from the fans and the people I work with. Yeah. It's just, it's an awesome place, and I think it's an awesome time to be in this business. It is, man. It is. It's a great time, and and Matt, it really is. I'm and, so happy. And and man, I I I've known you. I. I I don't know how long you had been going, you know, had had been going to wrestling camp when I first met you, but it, I'd known you since pretty couple early months. on, man. And, you, and you've known me literally from like the first couple of months I started training. You knew me when I still had short hair. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, and, and uh, I've been growing. I've been growing the stallion hair up for a minute now, bro. You yeah. knew me when I had nothing. Well, when I first like when I first met you, you had this beard going, and and your hair was a little longer. And then I come, and then no it was short. way, a beard? You yeah. think it's, I can't even? I can't grow any facial hair, bro. I got no. like was that real Billy? hair on my Adam's apple. That That's might have been it. Billy. I was I was mistaking you for Billy. <laughs> yeah, you thought you thinking <laughs> Billy's facial hair? Anyway. My head. Yeah, but what I, what I'm getting at is, uh, man, I've seen I've seen the things you've dealt with and, and like the work you've put in and stay in the course and all that. And man, it's so cool to see you in the position you're in now, man. And, and I'm so happy for you. And I'm really grateful. You took a couple of minutes to, well, more than a couple of minutes now to come on the show today. Thanks, yeah, man. No worries. I want to bring up one thing. Please. Billy's in the room. You do know you officiated my first ever loss in professional wrestling. Oh, yeah. I did. I tapped out to Billy Damiano while you were the special guest referee in a submission match, and (laughs) Billy tapped me out with a sharpshooter. That was BS, man. 
That was BS, man. <laughs> hey, that oh, was hard man. work. Hey, that was hard work. It was hot in there. And, and you know, man, you guys had to work extra it's hard. Because... Hot. It's hot in there. The asbestos ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> that place is, it's a brutal place to just train and wrestle. And, and, and what made it even harder for you guys was the stipulation of, of it that it had to be a submission match. And so there yes. were, you couldn't do false finishes. It was really tough. And you guys busted your ass. Dude, yeah, that was, I think that was my second match ever. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was damn good. Second or third. But, I blame yeah. the referee. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways. Oh! <laughs> oh, shit. But, hey, so, Matt, um, anything that you want to plug before we let you go? Hey, uh, hey I, don't, I want to thank you guys for having me on the show, of course, Sean. It's always a pleasure to talk to you on the record, off the record, on radio, off radio. I love it. I enjoy my time with you. Uh, Twitter, you can find me at Super King of Bros. Instagram, Riddle Bro. Facebook, Matthew Riddle. I'm the dude with belts that looks good without my shirt. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's me. Hell yeah. Super King of Bros, Matt Riddle, the top, yeah. the top free agent in wrestling today, everyone. Make some noise. Yeah. yeah. Thank, Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Have an really awesome day, it. man. You too, bro. Thanks for having All me. Right. All right, amazing. everyone. Well, wow. Well, before we get out of yeah. here, if you want to find us on social media, Sean is at the real XPOC on Twitter. Use the hashtag XPOC12360 anytime you want to talk about the show. Sean has some upcoming dates this weekend. He'll be at the Fortune Bay Casino in uh, Tower, Minnesota. There's an NWO reunion with Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Easy E, Eric Bischoff, Heavy on Wrestling. He'll be tagging with Eric Cannon. Check out heavyonwrestling.com for more information about that. In August, on Saturday, August 25th, Pro Wrestling Tees has a meet and greet. Fan Appreciation, Customer Appreciation Day. Sean will be giving, uh, no. I'll be at Pro Wrestling Tees August 25th. Pro Wrestling we'll Tees August 5th. And uh, we have the, the first ever X-Pac 12360 live podcast at the Bootleg Theater in downtown LA on August 29th. Yeah. More information Ooh. to come about that. Yeah. Is there any info uh, for tickets yet? For that, not yet. Just okay. check out the Bootleg Theater. I'll be there tomorrow for bar wrestling, and I'll find out more information Great. for next week. Awesome, cool. All right, well, Denise. Yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo. Make sure to head over to my YouTube channel. Just type in YouTube.com/slash Denise Salcedo. On there, you guys can see some on some interviews that I did with Charlotte Flair, Stephanie McMahon, and a few other super cool ones, including Daniel Cormier. So make sure to go over there and check those out because there's lots of cool stuff. All right. Very good. Uh, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood Television taping this Sunday, July 29th. Blackcraft Wrestling's first ever iPay-Per-View Friday, August 24th. I'll be lead commentator. Go to blackcraftwrestling.com. Buy the pay-per-view. And August 16th, I'll be home in Philly for one night for a comedy show. If you want to come see me, at Jay Quasto on social media. All right. Well, thanks for uh, tuning in. And thanks again to Matt Riddle for joining us today. And yeah. we'll see you here. We'll see you right here. Something like that, right? We'll see you right here next week on Xbox One, Two, Three, Sixty, Westwood One, After Buzz TV, Jericho Network. Boom. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, Sean Waltman, producers Mark B. Donica, Jimbo Frank, and the entire Xbox One, Two, Three, Sixty staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in. Like us on Facebook, rate and comment on iTunes and YouTube. Follow Xbox on Twitter at the Real Xbox and email us at Xbox One, Two, Three, Sixty Show at gmail.com. The Westwood One Podcast Network. <laughs> <laughs>